continue. Wait. All right. Hey, good evening, Borge. So th this <laughs> is uh, an unscripted, unoutlined discussion. And yeah. honestly, I just wanted to make this happen because there's this question in my mind uh, bugging at me for days. And yeah. so, yeah, basically, everyone keeps saying everything is political. Mm. Everything is political. Every single thing, even and as political scientists, you know, I mean, how does it sit with you? Because honestly, I'm just, bothered. Because it is yeah. bothering. Even that question has been bugging me or scratching the back of my head for the past few weeks, especially with mm -hmm. the since I'm teaching Paul Theo. Mm -hmm. So I needed to set the borders of what political is, and my students, mm -hmm. I asked them, "What is the political?" And uh, I asked him, does anyone believe that everything is political? And some people said, yes, everything is political because that's mm -hmm. what they, they were taught. So mm -hmm. I said, no, everything mm -hmm. is not political. And, you know, I think if we are going to start a conversation, I think we can well, lay a thesis, which is, mm -hmm. well, for my case, my thesis would be everything is not political. For the love of God, it's lazy thinking. And uh, it is lazy thinking. Uh, but I'm going to make allowance for our colleagues who would use it as a shorthand for uh, uh, for their uh, intense knowledge of what politics is. Everything is not political, but everything can be politicized. Mm -hmm. So I think we can start with that. Yeah. But uh, for me, it is it rejects the uh, the existence of a private sphere, and that's my problem with it. Even even in Athens, even in direct democracy, the private sphere exists, not because it's sacred. Uh, let me be, let me have a qualifying statement with that, but it exists. Mm. So, anyway, what, what about you? What are you? Ikaw malalimang galit I mean, honestly, uh, actually, it's the, also what I've been taught. You know, mm. like everything is political, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, that is also political. And I, I think. What it really means, to be honest, and, I, and I, to a certain extent, I agree, is that the, there are political consequences to your actions, mm. and you know, and, and in many ways, in many parts of our lives, we are all affected by politics. Which, of course, if you put it that way, I agree. You know, mm. of and like every almost everything is regulated, subject of law mm. and subject of legislation, regulation, rules, etc. The problem is that when it, I mean, a lot of people say, you know, even like movies and art, you know, that, that, yeah, I think art, yeah, we can, yeah, we can, we can focus on that. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, of course, especially right now, the, uh, this artist, the, what's it? Tarantadong Kalbo. That's it. Tarantadong Kalbo. Okay. Let's use, let's use, let's use his uh, name. <laughs> no, because he says that all forms of art is political you know that's i forgot the exact quote but that's what mm. people have been resharing that quote actually and while we do not deny that art is political in fact it can be no, or can political. be it can, can be. be sorry can be it can be yeah it can be political definitely and his art in particular is all laudable and you know, appealing yeah a good form of art yeah yeah, yeah, but yeah. that's not all of art mm. and or even like actually I think it's uh, honest. Let me put it all due respect to mm -hmm. our to those who educated us. Is that we, like I suppose, it's their way of saying of saying that oh our lessons are important. <laughs> no matter where you what you do, you can't escape it. You know, and uh, I mean honestly, it's it's to be honest, it's a trap. It feels like a trap. But uh, because what it, it actually yeah. does is no matter. What you do, you'll always mm. be subject of the political, and it's. And I think it people is. think that it's. Um, that's why I think activists want to yeah. forward this idea because yeah. it's either you're with the oppressor or you're with us. Yeah, you know, that's that's, the, that's yeah. also another. Uh, it's it's a, it's part of the issue. It's it's this is basically a a bundle, really. That's why we're having a relatively yeah. unscripted thing right yeah. now because it's it's something that we must untie, we must disentangle. So we have uh, artists. Are cultural forms necessarily political? Is everything political? Should right. everything be politicized? So these are issues that, uh, but uh, you know, regarding our teachers, you know, uh, then again, I can excuse excuse them to an extent. According to John Dewey, one must employ all means to spark someone's interest. So, <laughs> mm, <laughs> so if that yeah. that is that, then fine, I can excuse them. But uh, to simply assume it as a dictum is mm -hmm. at 
at least lazy thinking mm-hmm. at most it is dangerous mm-hmm. because not everything is political and to politicize mm-hmm. everything this is basically what totalitarianism is as far as Hannah Arendt is concerned yeah yeah totalitarian uh, because I think that's the whole point where mm. <laughs> even your most private moments it's also political oh hell no I, <laughs> that's what they say you know I mean it's I think this was branched over from the very old mm. essay, Carol. Her, that's the word. What's the? How did she? How's that? Yeah. Uh, the person's political. I'll, I'll double check that. Yeah. Okay. While uh, you're checking that one, I think. Yeah. While you're checking that one, uh, we can. That uh, you know, I I will make a one qualifying statement. Hen- uh, okay. Everything is not political. Everything has a political dimension to an extent. I can accept that one. Mm-hmm. I can accept that one. Yeah. But the dimension need not be proximate with the object itself or with the core right. of the essence of an object. can be a dimension, can be a very small dimension. But right. it, uh, I, my, I hate the term everything is political because first, it is an uncareful mm-hmm. use of the word is. Mm-hmm. Is is a crucial philosophical word that you mm-hmm. cannot simply throw around. Mm-hmm. You can't. I mean, Hegel struggled to <laughs> clarify what is mean means but another thing would be the notion of everything which is absolutizing which is reductionist again so as i've said mm-hmm. it's lazy thinking so what, what did carolyn mm-hmm. uh, something something said uh i can't even pronounce it right you know it's uh, uh carol hamish 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 i suppose Where? that's the uh, the title is the personal is political and of course mm. she writes this in the context of how you know the pers- they talk about personal experiences of women in the mm. in the civil society amongst mm. other activist groups and normally she uh, reacted to how it's normally being dismissed because it th- thought of it as therapy sessions mm. and the, weir- the weird thing is that I think her argument is the, the precisely the reason why they experienced such hardships in their personal lives, like for example, being abused by their spouses, mm. or being unable to get um, to get proper medical care for certain mm. uh, uh, processes specific to women, you know, mm. medicine specific to women, mm. that is tied to how women were treated by society at large. So mm. there is a clear there for in that sense that there is a clear connection to the yeah. political and the personal. I think, and I think in particular, the reason why they beat this to the tune of this drum, mm. it, mo- mostly the people who do, who do, are LGBT, you mm. know, minorities, Indigenous mm. peoples, women. Uh, they are more sensitive that pr- pr- if they belong to a category that have been, mm. has been made minority and disenfranchised. Mm. So, but at the same time, it is it makes it difficult for mm. like people, everyone else at large, to actually understand yeah. like, what you're not like a subject of this mm. kind of repression uh, subalternization oppression etc so of course we i mean that's one thing that's one thing that i have difficulty with of course they have been mm. subject to political oppression just by their like depending on people who, who they love or mm. depending on their genitalia or what the, or their lack thereof or whatever <laughs> so yeah uh yeah, the, so, yeah. the thing is mm. i think well based on i think i've, I've read that article and it is a rhetorical mechanism you know mm-hmm. it is it is one way to convince people mm-hmm. of the imperative to yeah. struggle against such political oppression and i think for our listeners and i think it's something to sum up our, our arguments though we're not yet ending here mm-hmm. we must not confuse a rhetorical statement with a statement of fact mm-hmm. the fact is everything is not political right the fact is everything can be politicized that mm-hmm. is the fact yeah so right. the dictum is not factual. It is rhetorical. Mm-hmm. We, we value it as a rhetorical mechanism, but nothing right. more, nothing less. If I may mm. try to reframe what you've said. So yeah, yeah. That, I mean, technically, politics can be found everywhere. I think what we can say that yeah, 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 yeah. it's not automatically political. <coughs> like I would refer mm. to the, the, I suppose, certain types of like mm. air molecules like technically carbon dioxide mm. is technically everywhere but it mm. takes a match to make it fire you know what i mean yeah. i'm not sure that, so in other words it needs to be a chemical reaction before it mm. becomes something else yeah yeah, you know, yeah. Like technically 
or water, for example. Water mm. is everywhere, but in order for you to turn it into something else, you need a conduit. Siyempre, lagi yung muulan. Water's everywhere. Water's everywhere. No, but literally, water is in everywhere, everything else, even like, uh, even our books absorb mm. moisture. Like, there's moisture everywhere. There's water right. everywhere. I need to buy some dehumidifiers. So, um, yeah. I mean, uh, another thing that that bothers me, actually, mm. uh, the reason, reason why this topic bothers me is technically it has something to do with our profession or our vocation. Mm. I mean, technically, if everything's political, then technically you and I can comment on everything. And yet, no, we're not exactly, no, yeah. we're not. We're, we're not. We're not. You know, regarding that one, regarding that one, yeah, mm. since it is part of our profession. And uh, yes, you're right. Uh, the political can be found everywhere. And I think that's a more acceptable term because mm-hmm. it highlights that everything has a political dimension but that's only one dimension you cannot reduce something to that dimension for example right. if, if i if i take a shit when is me taking a shit political right when is me taking a shit uh, political is, is it me reading a political book while pooping is it my act of pooping itself or is it or where my poop goes? Taking a shit in your neighbor's house. You know? Yeah, or taking a shit in my neighbor's house. Or probably with public drainage. So that's already the dimension of me shitting that is public. Uh-huh. How, how to dispose of the shit. Mm-hmm. So again, everything has a political dimension, but not everything mm-hmm. is political. So you cannot reduce something to that. So, so fuck Shizek. <laughs> 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 Whoa, okay. Actually, another way to put it is technically, as long as we are human, you know, I mean, the fact is you mm. and I both agree that man is a political animal. And as long as anything is created <clears throat> and done by man, there's always something political in it, mm. technically. But how much of it has to be political before it, for us to call it political? Like, same for, mm. for instance, technically there's milk in many kinds of cake. Do we call it milk cake? Or something. Mm, yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have answered that question. Like, no, how much yeah. Does it have to how be much? Polit- how much politics does it have to be in order to be called po- properly political? You know. That I think is dependent on the object itself. We cannot determine it. We cannot determine. It depends on the object itself. How much of it is does actually affects uh, public affairs or affects everyone else? For example, shitting again, pooping. How much of it is political? It, it's only political. Uh, probably in terms of public drainage, that's it. Or for Trump's case, probably when he's tweeting, so nah. <laughs> pooping and tweeting is part, part and parcel. But again, it depends on the object. It depends on the object. Mm. And I think we can go to art. How, how much of an art is political? Mm. I think that's. Well, I, I've actually argued with multiple mm. artists over the past few. <laughs> we well, nga, them. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, they basically <laughs> an artist. Number one uh, has. It's mm. not a solid, uh, they argue, and to an extent I agree, is that art is not a solitary venture. Although, to be honest, it can still be. But for them, they are, in a way, social artists. They're, they have mm. a social role. Artists mm. have a social role. And it's their responsibility, to, according to them, to at least reflect and serve the interests of an audience, whoever that may be. And that audience can be the public. Mm. And I think, to a certain extent, if they... Uh, if they address a public wide enough and talk about political issues directly, of course, that's great. That is art as political, definitely. Mm. But even like, I mean, that, that this brings to another question, like which are, are all forms of art political or what about like a Jackson Pollock painting or Mona Lisa, like political, you know? Or an, mean, an abstract painting. Woman. Totally abstract painting. painting. Can it be political? Again, it depends on the object itself. And again, my my case against this idea of everything is political is is Mm -hmm. absolutizing and reductionist logic Mm -hmm. behind it. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm against. Uh, Can the Mona Lisa be political? I think there's a political dimension to the Mona Lisa, first Mm -hmm. and foremost. Uh, Well, one example would be, I think it would be Leonardo's reaction to the system of patronage. Because uh, you Mm -hmm. only paint when there's a patron. And the right. Mona Lisa, I think, was one of the few works that he had was that was not commissioned, because right. he carried it around with him. <laughs> he carried it. No, no one. Actually, he didn't yeah. give it to a patron, so he carried it around with him. Ah, the rest of his life. Actually, so that, that's his act of rebellion. Uh, the I think the well, I've read somewhere that mm. the significance of the Mona Lisa is not at all even social. 
mm. not even sexual. Some people say that it's him being a transvestite. Like, well, he is homosexual, but you mm. know, I mean, I don't he, think he, that's it. He found a woman po- that looks like him, and eventually he tried to modify to look. <laughs> no, but actually, apparently, it was a combination of his techniques of how mm. he, for example, how he d- tried to make depth or, mm. or like talking about how making like for example cloth and fabric look mm. more like fabric how to paint fabric how to paint water for example so it's a combination of all the techniques that he mm. accumulated throughout his career yeah. it does not at all has to do with the image itself but really mm. how uh, or like why does it paint a woman it doesn't matter mm. it's more about how he produced that image mm. you know so and the smile that, the smile yeah. was the first to an extent mm-hmm. women are not really <clears throat> allowed to smile in paintings mm. during his time so yeah was the first Actually, yeah, I think this is one the point where we can move on to this other topic, which is uh, more or less even your quote unquote personal opinions are most people mm. call it your politics, like your opinions are your politics. And do you, do you ever experience that? You know, like ah, yung polit iba yung politika niya, maganyan politika. I have a high. I, I paid a high price for having my politics really. But are my opinions mm. political? Well, if this, if, if it concerns public matters then yes they're just mm-hmm. political right well even if, some... even if even if even if someone's you know if that's a great uh, uh contradiction if someone mm-hmm. proclaims himself as apolitical he's making a political statement <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's right. why that's why being apolitical is a joke mm. i mean mm. that is actually the argument they always even if someone claims to mm. be like not political <clears throat> i mean uh when you say everything's political, it's usually a reaction to someone saying, "Oh, stop making it political." Like the same way yeah, yeah. in some sports, yeah, like yeah, yeah, how yeah. some football players kneel on the national yeah, anthem yeah. instead of standing, or even in Black Lives Matter in the mm. NBA. So most yeah, people yeah. are turned off by that. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, think can... again, it's it's a knee jerk reaction. That's what that's, that's why right. it's a that's why I call it lazy thinking because it's a knee jerk reaction. Because if some if it's just a reaction to claims of being apolitical or to stop mm-hmm. people from depoliticizing something then mm-hmm. it is in essence an issue of politicization mm-hmm. and it takes more brain cells it takes more focus to try to look at how something can be politicized or depoliticized that's our uh, job as political scientists and i think that should be the job of everyone else uh, to look at how the process of politicization works instead of simply resting on eh, everything mm-hmm. is political right so yeah I mean, I, I one time had this conversation, mm. you know, it, we're discussing like a director and that even if the, like the content of the story was not political, that they're expressing their politics to like say the way that they write a certain character mm. or the, the way that like, for instance, the way that he writes, wi- um, a male writes women or even lesbians, like blue is the warmest color. Uh, and so that's an expression of politics because it's how they view women. I mean, it's, uh, that's the point. Like when personal becomes, it's, well, again, it's their personal conception of what a woman is in society and as a protagonist. So, is that how? In what sense is that political? Well, as the director, if you meant it as a political, that's that's a basic question. Yeah. Why why try to speculate over it? As the director, if you make if, it, if it's actually political, if it is, then <clears throat> it is a political mm-hmm. statement. If the director says no, then no. Again, yeah. it, it is based on the object itself, and since it is based on the object itself, it's based on the producer, the creator of that object, whether if it, whether it is uh, consciously, deliberately political. It is, to an extent, uh, speculation to try to right. extract something political out of something that is not <laughs> meant to be political by the by the author. Which right, is, right. Uh, then again, that's a bread and butter of literary criticism, trying to extract things that are not there. <laughs> I mean, in some sense, you know, they, they are projecting their own politics. Yeah. It's claiming that it's the author's politics. And like, especially when I, I kind of fear, uh, I used to be into, to, completely into it, like the political mm. reading of certain texts or certain works mm. of art. And I'm like, into the point where I'm like, saying, at what point is, am I just extracting whatever I want, like reading into it mm. rather than reading it per se? Mm. You know, so it's, I, that's the line that we have to. Yeah. Uh, I, I think certain, if, a political reading of a certain piece of work or art. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the best thing that can be done is to see its implications in public life, rather than attribute something political to it, mm-hmm. or something essentially political to it. I think that's right. the safest way to do it. Uh, so for example, if you have a film that mm-hmm. uh, struck 
the public in such a manner that it creates uh, an uproar right like the uh, right of spring by igor stravinsky was that uh, essentially political no but it had political implications it had public implications but it, right. it's not essentially political it's just stravinsky being <clears throat> Uh, an experimenter, an egotistic motherfucker, but then again, he's a genius, nevertheless. Uh-huh. But yeah. So, in other words, can like at what point can we call something political? Is it as a cause of political events, yeah. or by its? I mean, even though it wasn't political by intention, you know, mm. is that it? Like, is it teleological? Like, uh, with uh, intention? Uh, or it does not have an intention, but it created a political. Uh, yeah. Effects. Well, so if, if it created political, then if no? it created political effects, then yeah, the analysis can stay within that realm. Mm-hmm. But to say that there's something essentially political uh-huh. in it, or to speculate that the author, the creator, made it deliberately political, then that is something else. Right. <clears throat> but essentially, like whether it be from this level or that level, mm. doesn't that isn't it easier just to say like. Like oh, in that case, it's all political, you know. Like no matter, you know. I mean, no. Uh, it, it, because, again, yeah. look at what we're doing right now. We are dissecting things, and this mm-hmm. is something. This is a process that you cannot get by hanging on to a dictum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's more of the thought process that I am <clears throat> that I am uh, concerned with. Because if you're resting with a dictum, you're putting on lenses right. that need not be applied to everything. And you will not find nuances uh, that uh, you can only see if uh, you remove those lenses. Uh, the Mona Lisa, uh, imagine Mona Lisa for an extent. Hmm. Hmm. Now, I'm, at this point, yeah. I'm yeah. curious of what you'd say would be, what is the strongest argument supporting that statement, everything is political? Like steel man, when you say steel man, it's the opposite of straw manning, hmm. wherein you, know, you just <coughs> put a fake idea mm. of the argument so we have to steal that strengthen it so in what way can we strengthen it uh no i don't think no. that, there are multiple arguments to say that it is false hmm. one one would be ortega gazette <clears throat> in his uh-huh. uh, description of modern art hmm. uh, he said that modern art <clears throat> is not supposed to be a reflection of reality it's supposed hmm. to be an aggrandizement of reality it's supposed to uh, lift people out of the reality that they're in Mm. Uh, and for and also romantic art is an appeal to emotions that are not again necessarily political. Mm. So there are more arguments against it, really. And whatever mm-hmm. argument they whatever argument that they place to support it, mm-hmm. it would just reflect one dimension of an object. Because again, you cannot mm-hmm. reduce an object to its political dimension. You just can't. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And if you mm-hmm. try to reduce it, hence you have totalitarians and autocrats. Mm. In other words, this might just be like the work of activists and artists trying to recruit people to their side. You know, I mean, yeah. that's the, yeah. And in, in a way, it's almost well. That's the scary part. Like, at what point does art, political art, become propaganda when you only have one a one-dimensional message? That's that's why I kind of uh, I. It's a sticky message for me. I love politics and I love art. And when you mix politics and art, it's a it becomes immediately dangerous, you know. And it comes, it's not. I don't necessarily like it automatically. Mm. Good <clears throat> political art tends to be still multidimensional mm. and still uh, mm. rich. But when it has only one message to say, it's yeah, it becomes propaganda. Yeah, it, yeah it's propaganda. Yeah, I mean, uh, even like the Museum of Propaganda, of <clears throat> good propagandic art is still multidimensional. You mm. remember that one with uh, China in Shanghai, where there's this. Uh, a uh, picture, a painting of a Chinese man and a Russian man. And oh, yeah, then, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. sure, it's Russian and Chinese friendship, but the other side of it is it's homoerotic. <laughs> like, they look like a married couple, an interracial <laughs> married, gay married couple. With their children. So they like, have children. <laughs> and they have children. So, yeah, that's like, that's the that's multidimensionality. Really, I, I think that's, that's over-reading. You know, in, in, in hermeneutics, uh, in uh, interpreting classics, there's such yeah. a term as, uh, what you call, a tortured reading. And I think... Uh, interpreters of art must be aware of such a thing, that mm. there can be a tortured reading of something. Mm-hmm. But uh, regarding your question, how how can you balance it? I think, again, I agree. I agree with you that uh, <clears throat> when, you, when you try to combine politics and art, it is good if it is multidimensional. But uh, mm. to simplify it, 
good political art is a mirror mm-hmm. that the, that the artist provides to the public. It is mm-hmm. not a message because if it is a message, it is propaganda. It is a mirror, a multidimensional mm-hmm. mirror. To look at it is to see uh, multiple aspects of reality that has uh, haven't been seen before. Or you need to remind the public that it exists. So, but if you if it if it conveys one single message, deliberately or not, then that is propaganda. All right. You know, I I I think based on like the the Tumindig movement, you know, I saw mm. someplace like they said that ah, art is not a mirror; it's a sword or something, or it's a tool or something. It's like, what do you think about that? Like, do you, did, have you seen that meme or that that quote? No, I haven't seen that one. But if I no, I, I I've seen it. I've seen it. I just push it back in the back of my head, which is okay. basically because it's a bad joke. Mm. If art is a sword, it's not art; it's propaganda. Mm-hmm. They should I call mean, Joseph Goebbels for advice. I mean, to be fair, I mean even propaganda can be. Art, but mediocre art, to be honest. Like it can look hmm. good, it can inspire other interpretations. Like when you said, like I mean, again, it could be a tortured reading, but we can still have fun with it to this day. You know, like, we have like uh, propaganda museums and all that. But you know, it, they mean, should, again, it, it's not it, as rich hmm. as art. You know, as, as full fledged works of art. You know, hmm. Hmm. Uh, should we? Should we? Uh... Should we take art against propaganda? Is propaganda still a form of art? Probably yes. Uh, we are, we agreed with that. Yeah. Uh, propaganda is mediocre art. art, but art nonetheless. Mm, I would not call it mediocre. I mean, Jesus, uh, Lenny Riefenstahl's films on Hitler were <laughs> really nice in film, in cinematography. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. But uh, no, I think what we can say is that they should not reduce all art. Mm-hmm. into politics mm-hmm. they should not reduce art and in, in, they should not say that all art is political they should mm-hmm. just be honest and mm-hmm. say that they are peddling propaganda Oof. it is because they're dishonest that's why they would rather generalize I remember that I remember the you know, I've been watching Agatha Christie's Poirot <clears throat> the ABC murders mm-hmm. ABC murders mm-hmm. uh, uh, serial killer he conducts a serial killing to hide just one, one killing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's basically just dishonesty as a form oh, of murder. Yeah. So all the other killings have no connections other than if being alphabetical. The only significant killing was only one. So mm. let's say I think the reverse side of it is calling everything political when in fact you're just peddling propaganda. Uh, so it's so it's like. Hmm. It's like eating the whole pizza to hide the fact that you ate the first slice. Yeah, basically that. <laughs> oh, God. That, that's what I used to do, actually. Oh, no, I left all this pizza. Might as well eat everything. <laughs> it, and say it never came. Oh, well, I suppose... Uh, I mean, the thing about... What was I gonna say? Going, I mean, this wasn't supposed to talk about art because that everything is political, and then art, art can be this a uh, distinct yeah, conversation, case. actually, in case. But I, I want to go back to everything is political, and mm. um, technically, um, we said everything can be political, but mm. there is another there's another argument that perhaps this the thing that uh, people are peddling, you know, activists and artists are peddling. Perhaps mm. you can. Sh- maybe say everything should be political and therefore you know like you devote all your time even both your public and your private thinking about political ends and political goals and political victories yeah that's that's what cadres are that's what uh, uh people in the mpa do like they vote all of their time and resources towards a political victory hmm. and maybe that's that's what they're actually trying to say and they should so say it the, yeah they should but say it instead of uh, peddling such ill-thought-out lazy dictums. Right. But what is the... Well, number one, what is the danger of saying everything should be political? You know, and the other thing is, um, technically, um, the the limits of the political and boundaries, like, what is that? I'm, okay, let's start with the first one. The dangers of it is yeah. always with the question of power. 
who has power. If everything is political, who has power in it? And power would always be, to an extent, unequally distributed. Mitchell's mm-hmm. Iron Love oligarchy is always like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the question. Uh, that's the crux of the matter. If if you want to politicize, if you want to politicize everything, the next mm-hmm. question is who is power? Who has power? Who has the power to determine what is right and what is wrong? Mm-hmm. That's what the pattern is. Th- what about everybody? Since everything is political, technically everybody, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if everybody has power, there would always be mechanisms to sort varying, uh, uh, varying uh, opinions out. Hence, you have rule of majority. So even the democracy that gives power to the people institutionalizes the rule of majority because mm. the majority should have the decisive power. Mm. Then it can go back again to the cycle. Minorities can complain if the majorities will fail. And the voting, the voting will start again. But the majority mm. is the one with power in a democracy. Mm. So mm. yeah, this power is always concentrated at the hands of a section mm-hmm. of a society. That section can be large. That section can be fluid. That mm. section can be uh, can be broad. Mm. But uh, power will still be concentrated. Mm. Yeah. And you need to exclude people. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, is that the point then? I mean, most of again artists act and activists tend to say like to to you know, to democratize power and say everyone should have a say in their own and in their life and public life. Hmm. Well, if that's yeah. the case, then what? Then they should just say that one instead uh-huh. of falling to falling that. No, no, that is that. what they're saying. Everything no, no. is political. Therefore, we should all unite and we should all. Uh, politically, like, there always be an elite as, somewhere. As if there is no line between the public and the private. No, since everything is towards a political goal, that is precisely their goal. Yeah, democratizing it. Isn't mm. that right? Isn't that a? Doesn't that make sense? That makes sense, but it doesn't need that dictum of everything is political. Really, they can just jump. <laughs> they can just go to their conclusion instead of uh, using that as a or disguising that no. dictum as a statement of fact. But if they want to politicize everything, mm. then that's classic totalitarianism for you. Oh. Because the private sphere would always be, well, as far as Jeffrey Green is concerned, again, I always repeat mm. his arguments regarding the sanctity or the necessity mm. of the private sphere. You need somewhere to rest from mm. all the politics. And if right. you deprive people, if you deprive people of that resting place, then they would all be toxic. <laughs> Because power is toxic, one way or another, it mm-hmm. is toxic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. What about you? Where would you draw? Where where would you draw the line between the public and the private? Where would I draw <laughs> the line? Honestly, I mean, that's. I think that's the. I think that's the, the issue that we have mm. today. I mean, it is difficult to draw the line because at the same, especially when mm. the way we work today, you know, our work. Uh, or a relation to the ex- it's a relation to external world, you know. And if we cannot properly uh, make that work-life balance, even the culture of work-life balance, they've related it to the system of capitalism, mm. you know. And that's I think to if you if they see it that way, it kind of makes sense, you know. Even the way that we rest mm. actually can be construed as a political statement, mm. you know. And I, that, like there's this emerging culture of like it's okay to take a rest you know the, all mm. the memes and inspirational thing like take take time off and mm. all that recharge self-care the culture of self-care is another thing and they also uh, have so an I industry of self-care ex- well exactly so i suppose there's a counter force to that already with regards to like that li- there is already a line being developed but isn't that um, that struggle or that how you say interaction between such also a political one even technically the statement that we need to rest is yeah. also a political one it can be politicized mm-hmm. it can be politicized as of now it is not you leave it to the individuals so. you leave it to the individuals to try to take a rest it can be politicized if you institute what three-day working weeks that is something. That is how you politicize. Again, we go back to the notion of politicized. It can be politicized. Uh, taking a rest just, can be politicized, yeah. but it's not essentially political. Because well, you can you, you can institutionalize a three-day work week, 
mm. and you can have someone who would still work seven days a week. Mm. Mm. <clears throat> I mean, technically, what if individuals simply take a rest? Technically, I like in the same way mm. one person takes a rest, in the same way like how Rosa Parks, for example, like a mm. singular person at the very least chose to sit, uh, remain seated it's when she was being told to stand up. Isn't isn't that comparable, you know? Mm, that's already an individual act, so... Mm-hmm. And individual, individual acts in, individual, are also political. No, individual act done statement, in a public right? space. It was mm-hmm. public transportation, and it was against a law on segregation. So, right. so yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, it's an individual act in a public space for a public cause. So it's mm-hmm. thoroughly political. Right. But uh, again, we, we fall back on the idea that everything can be politicized. Everything uh-huh. can be politicized. Uh, even th- that's the other side of. I think one of the sources of this everything is political idea is Althusser's notion of ideology underlying right. all aspects of life. Mm-hmm. Underlying, yes, mm-hmm. but you cannot reduce everything to that. Mm-hmm. So you have uh, Henri Lefebvre arguing Henri that even Lefebvre. if the everyday life is covered with politics and capitalism, mm-hmm. he argues that there will always be a kernel of freedom that mm. cannot be touched by the state. And from that kernel, you have mm-hmm. activities of resistance mm. to capitalists' everyday life. Even Henri Lefebvre would argue for that. But then again, Henri Lefebvre was fired from the Communist Party of France. So. <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, again, it's that interaction with the state. You say resistance. You know, It's mm. always in relation to the state. So even then, resistance is political. And it's like, even like, even Zizek saying that doing nothing can be the most violent thing at all. And, and, and that in even doing nothing and remaining in, I mean, that's the thing. Even when you choose not to manifest yourself in the, in the public sphere, you know, mm. staying home, not saying anything, not doing anything that has an effect on the political on sphere, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Your absence not is, voting. yeah. Or not doing anything. And now if everyone, yeah, the fact of even not participating, is a political statement mm. isn't that doesn't that mean that even your non-action and absence is also political it can be politicized mm. it can be what politicized but not necessarily yeah, what's the difference between not uh, is political? if someone stays at home because he's lazy mm-hmm. is that political it's mm. not it's just being lazy simple as that so, no, so if it's he's an idiot basically staying oh, in the private sphere so <clears throat> just because something has political effects it doesn't mean make it political in other words like it, politicization when you say something mm. politicized it's with again is that with the intention and perception okay regarding or, if, if, if yeah. it has political effects right if one person stays at home or if a minority stays at home instead of voting does it have any political effect no not now because it hasn't mm-hmm. reached a certain critical mass mm-hmm. staying at home not participating in voting is a problem in the United States because for the longest time it had reached a critical mass, meaning 49% of people don't vote. So that's a critical mm-hmm. mass. So there's a, 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 an issue of threshold. Mm-hmm. It's an issue of threshold. Now it varies from case to case. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> but then again, if the majority doesn't vote, then that is already that already politicized the mm-hmm. notion of non-voting. Or mm-hmm. if, as I have advocated, principled non-voting. Mm-hmm. Principled non-voting, meaning we we don't vote because we have public uh, demands, mm-hmm. then that is also politicizing it. Mm-hmm. So it can be politicized, but not necessarily. Mm-hmm. No, not necessarily. If minority sits sits at home, doesn't care about shit, then the Greeks have the term idiotis, someone who is thoroughly <laughs> consumed by the private sphere. Mm, yeah. Mm. Here, that's a, that's another thing. The reason why we have a private sphere in the first place, technically, is because of, and it's guaranteed by, mm. political the political, the political mm. laws and social constr- social contract, whatever, guarantee that we have private property, homes, you know, private space. So technically, isn't the existence of the private space also political? A frame. Yeah. Yeah, it is a frame, <clears throat> but what goes in it? Mm-hmm. Is it political? Mm. It is framed by politics. Framed. That's the proper term. Framed. 
Okay. If it, if it affects the internal doings in the household, then that is something else. That is politicization. Mm-hmm. But not necessarily. Again, if I shit, <laughs> if I walk around naked in my house, is, is it political? <laughs> no. It's just me it's walking around naked in my house. Clothing. <laughs> no, it's just me walking around because I'm too lazy to wear clothes. So... So yeah, oh, okay. I, it frames. So regarding private prop, regarding private sphere, and its relationship with the public, it frames, but it doesn't necessarily determine what goes inside it. All right. So let me just to make it clear. All mm. right. What is the difference between "quote unquote" being political and mm. being politicized? That's what you've you've been saying over and over. Okay. Being political is the effect of being politicized. Politicization is a process. Mm-hmm. It's a process, mm-hmm. and as a process, it is not certain, mm-hmm. nor is it absolutely sustainable. Nor is it something that you can generalize. Mm-hmm. You must look at it as a process, something that moves, something that mm-hmm. fluctuates, something that mm-hmm. can be political now, can be depoliticized the next day, can be repoliticized the next day. Mm-hmm. So it's a process, an ongoing process, and mm-hmm. uncertainty, and that's another thing. That that's another thing that I hate about this dictum of everything is political this this sense of uh, arrogant certainty that i abhor in every human being with the capacity to think mm-hmm. so yeah to look at mm-hmm. the process of depolitization is to take into account uncertainty mm-hmm. you need to be humble to take into account the uncertainty that something need not be political can be mm-hmm. politicized Mm-hmm. But need not be political. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking of an example where something that was political became depoliticized. Practically, mm. coffee houses. Coffee. Uh. If Starbucks existed during the 18th century in France, mm. it would have been the hotbed of political discussions. Mm-hmm. But now Starbucks is where you get pumpkin spice. <laughs> if Starbucks existed in Egypt back in the 16th century. It would have been banned mm-hmm. because there there was a brief ban on coffee mm. because it makes people think <laughs> straight and follow up oh. on their things. So, mm. so yeah, coffee houses was a political institution. Mm-hmm. Benjamin Franklin hung out in a political in in, in a coffee shop. Mm. That's where that's where political thinking occurred. But now, not necessarily. So that's one mm-hmm. political object that had been depoliticized and can be right. repoliticized, mm-hmm. but now it is depoliticized. Right. Hmm. <clears throat> I'm not sure if this is still a, a logical mm. question, but technically, okay. So in theory, can mm. you say that every since everything can be politicized, technically through a, the process of politicization, everything can be political, correct? Everything can be. Yeah. Everything can be political. <clears throat> now, I suppose there's this. So, w- of course, we m- mentioned some of the dangers of that happening. Mm. You know, but uh, so the position that not everything should be politicized mm. needs to be defended. So, perhaps, what do you think about that? And what is the right balance between the political and non political? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's. Uh... I think we discussed it in one of our episodes regarding political neutrality. Neutrality is to an extent a defense of that sphere uh, yeah. wherein we are relatively isolated from the public so that we can look at it mm-hmm. from a relatively objective perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, regarding that, uh, as I said earlier on, the careful use of the word is. So we've moved mm-hmm. now to can be. Mm-hmm. So can be acknowledges process, mm-hmm. the reality of process, and the reality mm-hmm. of uncertainty. So it can be, it mm-hmm. can be, but it is not is. It is not mm-hmm. an is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Semantics. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. It's uh, I'm here to that one from from new text. Careful use of words. That's why I overcorrect myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Let's see. Mm. I, uh, I'm I'm trying to think of. I've lost my last question. <laughs> No, your, your last, last question, question. Your last question mm-hmm. is about uh, how can we strike a balance between the private and the public. So your turn. Ah. Mm, mm. Mm. Actually, well, I, I was gonna say one more thing, mm-hmm. and that thing is isn't. I th- I'm, did we? I'm not sure if we 
answer this last time, mm. but maybe we can uh, an- answer this now. What if to to be neutral or to be mm. rest or to be to be non-political is actually a mode of privilege? That's the thing. Like in other words, there are some people who do not have a choice but to be mm. political. Because it to be political, quote unquote, is guarantees their survival. Mm. What about minorities, poor people, LGBT women? You know, that's I mean that's why they're pushing for this in the first place. What mm. if it's because you do not feel, mm. so you and I do not feel that kind of mm. urgency to be political, so mm. we choose not to be. Yeah, so. What do you think about that? Like, because that's, for me, I mean, I can say that, but that's been bothering me. I mean, mm. I don't necessarily agree with it. Mm. But I don't have a direct response to it. Like, what if? Mm. Maybe we don't, we, it's not a necessity for us to be political. Therefore, we can mm. afford to be uh, non-political mm. and we to exit the political sphere. So what do you think? Yeah, so what? So what if it's a privilege? It should be enjoyed by everyone. Mm. Okay, because uh, again, I understand privileges based on the existence of burdens. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I tie it with the notion of rights and responsibilities. So privileges and burdens, mm-hmm. rights and responsibilities go hand in hand. I say that the privilege to exit politics should be available for all because everyone needs a rest. Who should mm-hmm. carry the burden of being political 24-7? Politicians. Mm-hmm. Being a politician should be a burden, not a privilege. Mm-hmm. Being a public servant is a burden for many. Mm-hmm. But there are those who can escape it mm-hmm. because they're fucking bastards. But uh, mm-hmm. all politicians must be must carry it as a burden, mm-hmm. so that the privilege of people to leave, more or less, uh, mm-hmm. to have the privilege of leaving politics, can be available for more mm-hmm. people. Now, rights and responsibilities would ensure that those with the privilege to leave politics will have the responsibility to return to politics mm-hmm. when it is necessary and when they can. Hmm. So yeah. that's a more complicated picture, but the crux of the matter is uh, being political is a burden. Hmm. It is a burden that must be carried. It is not a privilege to be political. It doesn't put you high in society. You are the carrier of society. No, no. Based it, in the mud. It is. Wait. It's. <clears throat> I mean, what I'm saying is to be non-political, to be neutral, is precisely yeah. a privilege. Yeah. yeah. It should be available for many people. Uh-huh. Available for so all. So if that no longer makes it a privilege, then doesn't it? Mm, it should not be necessarily. a right. No, it's it, a, you know, right. it, it is a, it's still a privilege because the burden would still be carried by some. Mm. That's See? interesting, actually. It's so. In other words, before you need, become a politician, you know, you have to mm. know that ideally they should be aware that it is a, bur- a sacrifice and a burden. You know, their mm. even their tweets are politically relevant. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike yeah. yeah. Hmm. Their private lives disappear. That is the burden mm-hmm. that they must carry. Their mm-hmm. private lives disappear. And I think they're carrying it. Those who are political. Mm-hmm. Now, those who are forced to be political because mm-hmm. they have no choice. Mm-hmm. The repressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, those who oppressed. are oppressed, oppressed by society. They have mm-hmm. no choice to be political. That, to an extent, mm-hmm. is also a rhetorical mechanism. Because even mm-hmm. the oppressed can be inactive in politics mm. all right even the oppressed can say i would rather cope with my life rather than participate in politics mm-hmm. so it is also a rhetorical mechanism mm. it is a rhetorical mm. mechanism to say that they are they are forced to be political the fact mm-hmm. is they're not and many have chosen to stay silent and just cope mm. i have data for that one so to those yeah. who are listening, bite me. <laughs> actually, uh, one thing I, w- I want to say, I think it's one of the last things I want to say, mm. actually, because I think we've covered a lot of ground, was that I, uh, the the rhetorical mechanism, as you said, or the dictum of everything is political, kind of forces people, you know, like it, it activists that use this mm. force people on to a position saying you're with us or against us. In other words, you have no choice but to be political. You either side with the presser or not. But the thing is, uh, you go back to Arendt, who mm. defines politics as freedom. Mm. In other words, the the first dictum declares that you have no choice but to be political. Therefore, you have to pick sides. Mm. N- this that that's no way to be political. 
That's no way to be political. In other words, it is a choice and it is essential, but you always have a choice. You have the choice to, and it's essential for you to know the risks and you know, and to to know when you're entering and exiting the political sphere in order for you to make it a choice. Because if it's everywhere, then you literally have no choice if it's like the matrix. Yeah. But uh, that's but, authoritarianism yeah. for you. Right, right. The destruction of choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so another, if you really want politics to be a, a freedom, yeah, let people choose either not to make a choice, <laughs> or allow them not to make a choice. You know, that's still freedom. That, that, that's liberal. They're Stalinists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. Uh, anyway, yeah. I have uh, much beef with the left, especially with mm-hmm. this. They're mangling uh, what polit- politics is, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Ordinary Filipinos have their own notion of what politics is. Mm-hmm. What is that? Well, I'm about to find out. <laughs> I'm about to find and on out. that note. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is a an impromptu discussion, actually. So, hope that hope people find uh, some uh, people find this useful. Yeah, at least personally, I, I found this very helpful. So, thank you, Borch, for that. <laughs> at least indulging me in this personal question. I'm not yeah, I don't know. I mean, eh. yeah, freedom at the end of the day, freedom should be the basis of politics, not the lack thereof. You know, I think that it stems from that thing where everywhere he is in chains. You know, that that's from Rousseau, right? Everywhere yeah. he is in chains. Yeah. There. <laughs> so it's today's activists stem from Rousseau. But at the, at this point, we have to perceive politics as an act of freedom. Where you can enter and exit, all right. And we and when yeah. you enter, you, you have to be fully prepared through the process of thought and reflection, which can sense. only be, happen in the private sphere. So yeah, sense of duty to enter. Ah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I, duty might be a different word for it. I mean, because um, I mean, duty is normally imposed. Actually, mm, yeah, um, that is something agreed upon by society. Hence, we shift the question to how this society is designed. Mm-hmm. I suppose it's, it could also be something like out of conscience, maybe? Or like an mm. ethical responsibility. But that's different from duty. Duty tends to be socially... Yeah, poli- poli- political education is there to mm-hmm. align mm-hmm. Uh, Morris with mm-hmm. duty. Yeah. All right. So how do we end this? So... Thank you for the episode <laughs> one of Bi Raw <laughs> or Bi Unedited. Oh yeah! So yeah. remember to remember to find us on Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, or send us if you want to, just another to do another Raw that is unscripted <laughs> and unoutlined. Uh, send us at Bi Podcast PH at gmail.com. But until the next Bi Raw, magandang gabi mga kapi.